Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. And if you have your Bible with you this morning, I want you to turn with me to Psalm 127. Psalm 127. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, I've got to share a word with you today. And this message is a little different than, than usual. There seems to be a, an anticipation among many and, and the obvious felt need of our society that anytime issues arise in society that the instant and automatic action and reaction of every individual who has a position should be that we're gonna instantaneously take to social media to share our opinions with the rest of the world. As a matter of fact, we would just intersperse our opinion in the marketplace of opinion without any context, without any, without any heart, without any grace, without any sustenance to it at all. We just, we just need to share our opinions. We're a very opinionated society. And I, I'm, I'm not calling you out this week if you shared the decision that was handed down regarding the Roe v. Wade overturn and, and I certainly celebrate that and I believe that that is a decision worth celebrating. I'm, I'm just simply saying this, that I've seen some posts this week that I thought were gracious and that I thought were tactful, giving God the glory sincerely for his intervention. And, and I've, I've seen a lot of other ones that did little more than just start a dumpster fire on their news feeds. In fact, I, I'm almost inclined to believe that there are some who took an opportunistic approach with sharing about this issue just to generate a little drama for the aggrandizement of themselves. A little, little grandstanding, a little showboating. But I want to tell you something today, church. This is an issue that deserves more than our self-aggrandizing efforts. It is something that de 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 demands of the body of Christ that we take a sincere look at the opportunity that's been set before us because this is a unique time in the life and the history of the church of Jesus Christ. Some things deserve more than a soundbite. Some things deserve more than just a nugget of thought to, and, and that nugget of thought will never suffice to convey the heart of God. This is not a soundbite issue. This is not a soundbite issue. This, this week I've been incredibly disheartened as I've seen various so-called leaders in the Christian faith as they call out other leaders who hadn't had anything to say about a decision that was handed down, a crucial, huge, monumental decision that was handed down just two days ago. What am I supposed to do? Fly on to, not me particularly, but just speaking to this issue, what are we supposed to do? Just fly on Twitter and just say what little blurb we can about it and then move on? 
just speak our peace and forget about it you know maybe 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 those who haven't said anything hadn't said anything because of a far greater concern that they shepherd the hearts of their people as opposed to having their opinions heard maybe they've got something deeper to say than the limitations of a tweet maybe just maybe they're being careful to ensure that they're they too are not just simply filling the obligatory check mark of the social media post with little more done or said about the issue please allow me to ask you a question if you don't understand what i'm saying this morning let me let me ask you this question how many of you know what's going on in the ukraine right now I know you do. If you do know, it's because you went and sought out the information. It's because you went to find it. You had to look for it. As a matter of fact, sometimes in the evenings, Pastor Lisa and I are sitting together and we say, hey, whatever, what's, whatever's going on in Ukraine now? Because at a point, every time you turn the TV on and every time you open your social media, all you saw, especially from, from the people of God, was pray for Ukraine, pray for Ukraine, pray for Ukraine, pray for Ukraine. And then the gas prices hiked and everybody forgot about the Ukraine. It was just an obligatory thing. And I'm telling you, church, that the moment that we're facing is far too important, it's far too pivotal to simply post a meme and be done with it and move on to the next issue. And forget about it. I'm not, I'm not giving you a sound bite today. I'm not giving you a sound bite today, and I haven't issued one yet, and I probably will not add my voice to the millions who are all about it today, and it'll be forgotten tomorrow as the next big thing surfaces. Because as much as my heart rejoices in this decision, my heart also aches. My heart aches for people who know nothing different from the life that they've known only till now, and the only seeming resource that they've had for an unwanted pregnancy has now been rest from them, and they are void of answers and they're looking for answers and they're looking for solutions and I'm calling on the church of the living God to rise up with the voice of hope in this generation and say that is not the way and I've spoke against it and I've fought against it but now I want to show you a better way What are you saying, Pastor? Are you for or are you against? I want to tell you I'm for. I'm proudly pro-life. I don't believe that God makes mistakes. I believe that the doctor that could have cured cancer is somewhere aborted in a box. I believe that prophets of the next generation have been silenced and never made it to see the light of day. I, I, believe that, I believe that those gifted with creativity and ingenuity and things that will move us forward as a people, I believe the next generation of peacemakers, many of them, never breathe the, life, life, the breath of life. I do believe that we behave irresponsibly. I do believe that we're faced with challenges in life that we'd rather not endure. Mistakes happen that we'd rather sweep under the rug. I do believe that we've elevated convenience in this society to an idol-like status. And as the church stood silent, the government began to speak. What I'm, what I'm saying is this, we cannot be satisfied as the church of the living God with a short-term victory when we're facing a long-term problem. 
this is a this is a hotly debated topic in our nation you understand that I know I don't have to explain that to you and I, I didn't even realize until this past week as I studied just how long this has been an issue in our nation the severity and the societal stance on the issue has been widely contested as both opponents and proponents seem to accuse each other of manipulating history to their advantage. And, and I don't know what side of the issue you're on today, and it may come as a surprise to each of you that there may be some who love Jesus but have yet to gain an understanding of these sorts of things, that, as a, that, that these sorts of things are not a matter of human opinion, and as yet their opinion has not been regenerated to the thought of the mind of Christ and they've not begun to recognize this as yet as a kingdom principle and we can't slaughter one another along the way of pathway to understanding Regardless of your personal thoughts on this issue, I, wanna, I want you to read with me a couple of passages of Scripture today as the heart of the Lord is expressed. Set your personal logic aside, detach from the emotion for a moment, and ask yourself, does this please the heart of God? And regardless of how reasonable something seems or how we feel about it or what your friends think about it or what society says about it, I'm here to tell you today that as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ, our priority is to live a life in a way that honors God. Doesn't matter what the world says. Doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter how I feel. What matters is what has God said. What is his word spoken in, in Psalm 27? And we've got, it, we've got it, if you've ever looked around and said, why does the kids' ministry here call themselves Studio 127? How comes that's the venue that hosts Faith Kids? Here it is. Unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for he gives his beloved sleep behold children are heritage from the Lord the fruit of the womb is a reward there's no asterisk beside that there's no disqualifiers there's no, there's no points of clarification it just simply says the fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with their enemies in the gate. In Psalm 139, we read these words, and it says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they are all written the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. In other words, that what the psalmist is saying here is that when God is knitting and forming together in the womb of a mother... There's already a plan, there's already a blueprint for that life, there's already a purpose that has been orchestrated. And for you and I to stand in the place of judgment and say that that life doesn't, doesn't, see, doesn't qualify to, to see the light of day and to see the purpose of God come to fruition is us putting ourselves in the position of God. And I feel the same way about this issue on both ends of the spectrum. 
whether it's whether it is whether it's birth whether it's euthanization whatever it is whether it's genocide whatever it's it's all evil in the sight of God it it doesn't please the heart of God it's it's contrary to who he is and his nature what you need to understand as a as a soldier of of God though what you and I need to understand as soldiers of God is the battle plan of our adversary And the, and the battle plan of our adversary is this. It is one of distraction. It's one of distraction because if, if by any chance he can distract you and I from the main thing and the main thing ceases to be the main thing, then all of a sudden we're off fighting peripheral battles while he is taking territory in the mainland. And, and what he'll do is he will distract us with one thing. And, and the one thing usually that the devil likes for us to focus on is the symptom and not the cause. He, he wants you and I to focus on the symptom. He wants you and I to focus on the, the, the thing that was said to us or about us. And he doesn't want us to realize the insecurity that was driving the comment, the fear that was driving the action, all those things, so that there can be reconciliation. And, and he wants to keep us divided because we look at peripheral issues and not at the core subject matter. And I want to tell you that a nation that kills tens of millions of its next generation and applauds it as a fundamental right has more, that is more of a symptom than a cause. Because the causation is not that they have killed the children, it is a symptom of a deeper issue. And I think for a long time that's been something that's lost on us as the body of Christ. We see the evil, we see the atrocity, and we, we just, our, we cringe and our hearts grieve over, and it is tragic. Hear me, understand that. It is tragic, but it is symptomatic of a different cause. There's something wrong with the heart of a people who will offer their babies on the altar of Molech. We've been distracted by something that honestly should have never been for a long time, for over 50 years now. And, and we've taken our eyes off of the fact that we, we are in a world that is languishing in sin and degradation. And now a generation of people have grown up being taught that it's the normative of our society to take the life of an unborn child. And I wanna, I wanna just solidified focus this morning and say yes sir yes sir applaud praise God be thankful today that that decision has been made but that is just one of many that must be made for rectification to happen in this land I mean let me tell you something I, I've been doing a lot of history reading lately and you know, one of the, we just, oh, praise God, Civil War, Emancipation Proclamation. But all the bloodshed, all the war, all the legal documents, all the signing of the this and the that and the other thing didn't change the heart of a people. And the problem remained, and the problem remains. 
And the same thing is true here. I'm going to tell you something today, church. Do we, do we want a godly government? Absolutely. Is it necessary to have a godly government for the kingdom of God to thrive? No. No, it's not. In fact, it was a pagan government in the New Testament that we read about in the early pages of Acts. It was a pagan government that was oppressing the church that caused the people of God to disperse from their holy huddles and go out into all the world and make disciples of all people. Sometimes it's a hazard to us, honestly, to, to have all of the accommodations because we get lazy. We get, we get on what I call missional drift. All of a sudden, we, we think it's all about us and our rights when the fact of the matter is it's all about a lost and dying world that is on their way to a godless eternity apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you and I are the propagators of the gospel in this world. You and I are the hands and feet of Christ. You and I are his mouth speaking and his hands reaching. And, and I, I want to remind you today, as I've said many times before, that we cannot be satisfied for the government to do the job that it was intended for the church to do. We, we cannot simply be satisfied that the laws have changed. We cannot simply be satisfied that some document now reads the way that we prefer that it read. Because we've saved the babies, it cannot be easy for us to rest. While it's unfortunate that it has been the unborn against whom all of these atrocities were performed, it is not the unborn who create the need for such conveniences such as abortion to begin with. It's the rot and the sinfulness in the hearts of a broken humanity that is causing the need to exist to begin with. What is the root cause? What is the root cause that yields the symptom of a nation that wants to abort a generation in the name of convenience? I can tell you what the root cause is. The root cause is broken adults. The root cause is broken adults. The root cause is misguided and mistaken teenagers. The root cause is the evil that abides in the heart of the rapist and the pedophile and the, and the, and the, and the incest, the workers of incest. That's the root cause, and we need not forget that because in the same way that we can be so sympathetic to an unborn child, we can be so hateful towards a broken human being. Look, I'm just talking to you this morning. I'm, I'm just, I'm here, I'm not here. I'm not here to win Democrats. I'm not here to win Republicans. I've told you this before. I'm here to represent a, the lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm here to represent kingdom principle. And what I'm telling you is truth today. You can turn off CNN. You can put down your New York Times. You can turn off Fox News because every one of them are going to twist it and spin it. I'm coming straight at you with the word today. I'm coming straight at you with the truth from the throne of God today. And I'm telling you, how it is I don't care what the cause of abortion and we hear these arguments and what about this scenario and what about that scenario what about another scenario I, I understand that I'm sympathetic to those things but abortion can always be tracked back to brokenness a rapist is a broken human being 
The workers of incest are broken human beings. The, the selfishness that, that causes somebody to say, look, I don't have time for this in my life. That is, that is the, the product of a broken human being. A preference of convenience over the sanctity of human life is a broken human being. And it all roots back to the brokenness of the world around us. And what's true of this issue is true for so many. Listen to Pastor Steve this morning. Listen, listen. Gun control laws will not prohibit evil people from harming other people. Laws of any kind will not prohibit lawbreakers from committing lawless acts. We could go out here and, and plaster a, a sticker on the doorway. You know, I, my wife and I traveled this week. We had to rent a car. And we got in the car and she said, it smells like somebody's been smoking in this car. And I said, well, baby, that can't be. She said, why? I said, because they got these two non-smoking stickers down here on the console of this car. Clearly, nobody could have smoked in this car. There's a rule in place, don't you see? There was also a hole about three-quarters inch around burned in the carpet of the car. Are you with me? I want to tell you something today church there's a hazard I want, to, I want to introduce you to a term and it's called leadership vacuum leadership vacuum and, and what, is, what has happened in our society is there has been a leadership vacuum and what happens in a leadership vacuum is when there is an absence of leadership whether appointed or assumed, someone will rise to fill the void. If, if I walk out of this place today, God forbid I'm mowed down by a bus. God yeah, thank you. <laughs> Jesus. You, you may never begin a pastoral search. You may never seek to replace me. But understand this, somebody will rise to leadership. Somebody will take the point. Somebody will say this is the way. Now the question is, where are they going to lead you? The question is not, is somebody going to lead? The question is, where are they going to lead you? And, and what has happened in our society is that we are facing and have faced and dealt with the, the, the hazards of a leadership vacuum. Where, wherein, wherein the church has ceased in many instances to lead. And, and no, it's an unspoken rule, it's an unspoken law, but, but other things have, have crept up and risen up and have taken the reins of leadership. And now all of a sudden, we've got black-robed secularists who are sitting on a bench and they are dictating and legislating for you and I what is morality, regardless of what this book says. 
And I'm telling you, church, that the word says that we are to be salt and we are to be light. In other words, that means as it relates to issues of morality and righteousness, the church of Jesus Christ should be prayed up, filled up, and on the cutting edge of leadership in this nation, in this world, declaring with a prophetic voice, thus says the Lord. We, we can't... We cannot pretend as if everything is fixed with the overturning of a law. We cannot fail. We cannot fall inactive as if it's all fixed. And we need to, listen, listen, this is, this is the second thing that came to my mind is the story of Esther. Where Uncle Mordecai looks at her and says, Esther, if you're not familiar with the story, go look it up. It's in the book titled Esther but he looks at her and says hey who knows but that you were brought to this moment for such time as this and I'm telling you today church they're going to be hurting and they're going to be broken and they're going to be confused and bewildered people around you and their logic you're not going to understand how they arrived at their conclusions is going to be mind-boggling for you because you've been, you've been sitting in a church pew all of your life. You've heard this. You've been spoon-fed the principle that this is wrong, but they don't understand it and they don't know it and they don't see it from that perspective. But I'm telling you, this is the moment for you to rise up in the anointing of the Holy Spirit and let the love of God pour through you. Let the grace of God pour through you. Let long-suffering pour through you. Let sacrificial service begin to flow through you that you come alongside that unexpected expecting mother who wasn't expecting this thing to come along and you begin to sacrificially pour into and minister to that life and say it's okay if you've got to raise this child you won't go it alone because I'm walking with you I'm not judging you I'm not condemning you I'm not condoning what got you here but I'm telling you that all along the way I'm gonna bless you and you're gonna see the favor and the goodness of God in your life through me See, but the church gets to inactivity because we don't know what to say. We don't know how to respond. We don't always have the best methods. And I'm going to tell you this firsthand. It's usually messy to get entangled in the affairs of others. And the enemy's lied to us and he makes us feel as if we don't have the answers we need. He makes us question if God has really promised and is capable to empower us to be the beacon of hope that he's ordained us to be. Sometimes our bless you, I'm praying for you, seems hollow when someone approaches us whose life has been torn apart. But in this moment, if the church is inactive, it's going re- to recreate a leadership vacuum where godless individuals will rise up and what you've seen in the past will be nothing in regard to what you're going to see moving forward if we don't seize this moment and seize this opportunity in the name of Jesus. Listen, I'm not here to argue with you. I'm not here to swap opinions. I'm here to develop faithful followers of Jesus Christ according to the teaching of kingdom principles. And if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. 
It won't matter what popular opinion is. It won't matter what your party says. You'll know that he is in all and above all, and you will not bow your knee to the idols and the false gods of this world who walk contrary to the word of God Almighty. I'm here to build up ambassadors for the kingdom who are going to have the wisdom to realize that their help comes from the Lord alone. And unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. And unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Let it be said of the church in this hour that God's got an army marching through the land. They're not conceited. They're not condescending. But they're gracious and they're patient. And they're confident in the power of God to intervene and work through them and powerful ministry to their fellow man. They may not have all the answers, but they've got what they've got is faith in the Lord to provide for them in ways that they couldn't have imagined as they begin to walk in his will. They're not afraid to the, declare the power of God and position themselves as a part of the solution. Deliverance is their song. There's healing in their hands. Let us lean in this hour into the presence of God and follow hard after the leadership of the Spirit because I believe that the church is going to be presented some unique opportunities in the coming days. I believe that the church is going to have the opportunity to step up and not simply be the voice that tries to distinguish between right and wrong in our nation but also a force for healing and hope to those who otherwise have none. If we're going to declare that children are heritage from the Lord, let's be careful to cherish that life from beginning to end. Let's love it when it's bound in the addictions and vices of this world. Let's minister to it when it's broken. Let's strive with it when its positions are contrary to our own. Let's sacrifice for it when we've got the opportunity to make a difference in it. And church, I believe that is what God is calling the body of Christ to be and to do in this generation. It, it's the time to play church is over. The, the time to go through the religious platitudes is, is done. But the time to be the body of Christ and to rise in the anointing and power is upon us. That hour is here and the opportunities will abound. I'm telling you today, church, the opportunities are going to abound. You're going to have your chance to be somebody's blessing in the days that are ahead. You're going to have your chance to speak prophetically a word of life over those who feel like they have none, like theirs is destroyed and wrecked. Don't argue with them if they don't know. If they don't know, they don't know. Love them. I want to invite you to stand with me all across this congregation. Just in, a, in an act of closing, you would say with me pastor I want to be a part not of pointing out the problem my God we have pointed out the problem ad nauseum but you say pastor I want to be a part of the solution that God's bringing in this generation and I know that I'm not enough in myself and I need to walk and to live reliant on the power of the Holy Spirit we're going to begin to believe God for a fresh wind and a fresh outpouring of his spirit here in this place today Church, it's a great day. It's a wonderful opportunity that's been presented to us. We can't stand by idly and watch it pass. We've got to move in it. We've got to trust God. We've got to go for it. Amen. Amen.
We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.